Okay, uh, welcome back to Think Education podcast. Um, neither of us are introducing anybody uh, <laughs> at the moment, right? So, although this is my colleague Judith, um, I suppose that counts, right? <laughs> um, and I'm uh, yeah. This is my colleague Chris. There we are. Wonderful, right? That's uh, that's all that out of the way. Um, so today, um, hopefully, we can we can have a chat. I'm really interested to to sort of develop this this conversation and, and thinking a little bit more. So I guess, actually, having said we're not introducing anybody, I guess, but prefacing the, the topic, um, uh, I've been lucky enough this week, and we would, obviously we were just talking about this um, a little while ago, uh, I attended uh, a, an IC Global Cafe session um, uh, where Vangelis Tiligiris um, from Nottingham Trent University was uh, giving a presentation and a, and a discussion about student experience within t and And I, I was sort of, you know, very much a, a supportive role uh, in that listening and learning from Vangelis at the same at the same time. Um, and there were several questions in in that session about uh, where we place students within the T&E, you know, landscape and, um, uh, you know, beyond just the the access point and counting numbers and counting degrees and counting output. You know, where is it that, you know, students need to go and Vangelis making the, the argument um, and I mean, you know, we'll put links to, to stuff he's written and, uh, and presentations he's done, et cetera. But, you know, talking about the the need, even if it's just for sustainability, you know, let alone for the pedagogy and the, the it's a good thing to do. You know, students need to be placed in students' well-being, experience, et cetera, need to be placed well within the, the centre of what's happening in T&E and the arrangements. And then um, uh, I also attended um, the T&E Hub Fourth Research Symposium, which took place, the first session took place on, on uh, Friday, the 17th of November. Um, and I was listening to a presentation delivered by several colleagues from Leeds Trinity University. Um, and uh, one in particular, Dr. Catherine Lupton, who, who gave the first half of the presentation, she had this um, conversation about their T and E students are a name, not a number, which is a really nice phrase. And you know, essentially, they're yeah. saying, making the argument that you know their departments they know all the T and E students by name. They are you know integrated into the community. And you know, she was sort of stressing the need for um, integration, engagement, um, and and very much placing the students you know front and center. Right? I mean, they are. Um, uh, the real life or part of the, the arrangement, right? Um, and and so I was sort of just struck by, you know, both of those things are completely obvious. And yet both of those things yeah. are, are maybe not that obvious. In the, right, I, I mean, that's maybe a, a weird phrase, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I was just really interested to hear what your, you know, your thoughts on this. I mean, you're, you're obviously very heavily involved in, in a lot of... Uh, um, T&E and internationalization arrangements, partnerships, you know, policy, sustainability, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm just, I was curious what, you know, your, your reflections on, on, I was going to say that or this, I don't know, your reflections on the wisdom of other <laughs> whatever colleagues. Whatever it is, was, yes. whatever it is, yes. what do I think about it? What do we think about it? Yeah. No, it's good because we, we, we always say, don't we, I mean, when we're doing our writing, when we've done our other podcasts, you know, when we're doing webinars and, and conference presentations, that we're always keen to have our students and have students front and centre for it because this is actually what all of this is about, you know, our students across the globe, wherever they are and whatever they're doing. Um, and and I, and I 
think sometimes so so I think we do individually and I'm sure this is the case for you know people who are listening into the podcast we we think about our students all the time not just when they're sitting in front of us or or, or when we're we're talking to them um, but when we're planning things and when we're planning sessions and when we're planning you know programs etc but I wonder sometimes though whether we we do always actually put them at the centre of everything that, that we are doing, whether we get somewhat distracted, particularly in the TNE space, in terms of putting our students first for everything. And I was just thinking, um, as you were speaking there, Chris, about a couple of couple of things. One is, you know, when we're setting up transnational education programmes, for example, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever country you're in, you know, do you always think about, I wonder how this is going to benefit the students who are going to engage? Hmm. Are they going to get jobs after it? Um, how are they going to, 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 you know, to react to these uh, sessions? Are they going to enjoy the sessions? What are they going to get out of them? Or do we think, or do people think more about, I wonder how many students we're going to get on this? Um, we need to get X number of students in order to make it financially viable. Um, we need to make sure that we are engaging with our students and we do have link tutors, etc., because we have to do that for quality assurance purposes. Sure, yeah. Or we have to do things for compliance purposes. And therefore, I'm not saying that, that sometimes, and, and I'm not saying those aren't important things, of course they are. But do we really put students at student, you know, achievement, student satisfaction, you know, s- student outcome? at the heart of what we're doing or is it almost then the second thing that we think about and I really rather suspect it's the latter and probably there's a good pragmatic reason sure yeah yeah you know you can't if you're a university you know I'm on a a university executive team and as much as I would love us to have hundreds and hundreds of programs overseas and activities overseas where we've only got two or three students on all of them and and people are going we can't do it you know we've um, we we have to. People like to get paid. Things need to run. Electricity bills need to get paid. So you've got to have some money coming in so that some money can go out. Yeah. And so you've got to be. You have got to be financially viable, haven't you? But I suppose it's whether we, in our efforts to make sure that we're that, or indeed that we are compliant in everything that we're doing, or that the quality assurance processes are correct, that we get slightly distracted by those a little bit more. Than, and, and by you know, by you know, us ensuring that we're doing all of those things, by the time we get to the stage where we're thinking about our student outcomes and and all of those areas and satisfaction, how much do we really in detail think about that? Do we put it in there in terms of how, how we're measuring the success of the programs, etc.? And I don't mean the success of the programs because we want to put it in there because of quality assurance processes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean that we genuinely think about it. Do we really, really think of the students as a name, you know, and not a number? And I think that's a really important phrase to think of, actually. And probably, in all honesty, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, And unless so, and maybe it'd be interesting to hear from you, Chris, particularly when you think of some of the TNE students. I think sometimes when we've got our students here in front of us when we're teaching them we do because they're there Mm. they're sitting there in front of us we bump into them 
in the corridor. We're walking behind them as they're walking from one lecture to another. I've never known anything on this planet go as slowly as a student <laughs> who doesn't want to go somewhere very fast. Yeah. It's all my, you know, and I've, I've, been, I've been to Mauritius and seen those giant turtles. I'm telling you, they are like hares compared to students <laughs> who don't want to move swiftly around a campus. But when they're in front of you, when you're talking to them, when they're actually there in, in, your, in your sessions, in your seminars, they're front and centre and so quite naturally you're, you're also really mindful of that. I wonder if we think of that quite as much on a regular basis of our hundreds and thousands mm. and for some institutions, tens of thousands yeah. of students that we've got on our overseas campuses and with our partners, etc. And, yeah. and I rather suspect we don't. What yeah, do you think? I, I agree and I think it's probably that's the the micro version of, of many cases, the macro approach to T&E, which is it's happening over there. You know, it's it's a yes. it's a partnership, or yeah. it might be a franchise, which you know is just being you know it's offshore in the very real sense or every sense of the word, and so it's just a thing that happens. It's interesting because um, Catherine Lupton was was saying that you know her she's the I'm make sure I get a title right she's the lead for academic international partnerships and also the program leader for international business at Leeds Trinity, and she was saying that that her role is actually a very new one. I think she's in her third year. Um, the lead for academic mm. international partnerships, and prior to that, it, you know, this type of thing didn't exist in the university. Like it's a it's a relatively new um, thing, and actually, we've talked about this many times with many colleagues that you know how TNE is managed and how it's operated. It's it's often ad hoc, or it's you know it's not necessarily fully integrated, and it's it's a thing that's sort of you know out of sight, out of mind in in some sense, right? Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, yeah, as you say, I mean, the, just the sheer business perspective of a university, that, that's, I think, probably inevitable. You know, it's, it's a thing over there. And as long as it's ticking over and as long as, you know, it hasn't burned down or nobody's going to jail or whatever, you know, whatever the crisis point might be. It's like, well, OK, we measure the success by the numbers. Right. And the numbers are the fees. Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting because um, I remember, I mean, this is this is a long time ago. So this is probably early in my, my time in Malaysia going to a, a British Council, Council conference and, and hearing about the possibility of research being conducted into sort of longitudinal study into t &E student experience and thinking, oh, wow, that'd be, that would be really interesting to hear. And, you know, sort of little bits popped up, but not, not too much. And, and in the, the, the IC Global Cafe session last week, um, Eduardo Ramos was asking the question and, and posing about, you know, whether, you know, OFS is now going to start looking into this in terms of, you know, similar to what we might expect in a UK domestic concept uh, construct. Um, and almost then you think, ah, so now we're accountable for it. And now we'll start caring about yes. it. Honestly, yes. and I use the word we in, yes. in the sense I'm not I'm not based in the UK, but we within the sector. You know, if no. we, we're all part of a broader yeah. community, you know, it's like, oh, now somebody's going to check. All oh, right. Well, now we better, you know, and I mean, I guess that's that's often the way things work. Right. It's not it's not it's not evil by intent. It's just you know, inertia, I guess, or, or whatever it might have been. Yes. Um, and I, I just thought that, I mean, we're not, the conversation in the IC Global session was maybe not convinced that the resources exist for it to, to actually be done sort of systematically at this point, but at least the concept mm. is a, you know, is a good one. And, and I've got one last point before I wanted to ask you about this. So when I was in Taiwan, a student was asking me about rankings um, and they're looking into research about the extent to which students, particularly in the East Asian context, 
are a aware of of university rankings and and b the extent to which that's part of their decision process um and uh, we were having a conversation i was explaining you know about the student satisfaction surveys you know in, in the uk and actually how that almost has more weight than perhaps the ranking because it's about experience it's about the day-to-day and therefore universities are more i don't know what the nice word would be aware um conscious of you know beholden to whatever whatever the right phrase is um because the sustainability of the university is largely connected to the intake of the student population and and so i think within this space it would be it would be really interesting to, to learn more about the t and experience because equally that is massively diverse, right? There's no singular t and student experience. By, mm. by definition, they are massively diverse. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think, I think you're probably, you're probably right. And I, I don't think it's, as I said, I don't think it's, it's people actively not trying to do this. I just think we, we haven't, as terrible as it sounds, we haven't needed to perhaps. Right. No. So what do you think we should, um, what can we do about this in a way? I mean, that's, that's, I guess, the next step, isn't it, in thinking about if this is a, if this is a situation that we're finding ourselves in. And as you say, there are, we're not saying, of course, we're not saying that many, many people across our institutions don't put their students first, of course they do. Mm. There are whole departments. Exactly, There yes. are individuals whose job it is to monitor student satisfaction, to look at student outcomes, to engage with the students, to have partnerships with the students. So we're not saying that at all, but, but I suppose we're thinking specifically of that TNE yeah. space from the people providing the programmes yes. originally, as opposed to those delivering it you know um because of course those in in situ i'm sure will of course be be doing all of that as well themselves but i just think that you know so i suppose yeah one thing is so before maybe we we look at that you know maybe think about what what we might think people should do about it but i suppose it's one thing that really strikes me is sometimes we do lose sight of that individual over Mm -hmm over in overseas or the individual in any of these situations as I say you know it's it's you don't tend to do that with the students you've got in front of you because they're in front of you but I remember a short example maybe here as well obviously there's there's the terrible situation that we've we've had for some time in the Ukraine and um, universities UK uh, helped uh, set up um, a group across the UK to um, bring together academic institutions um, in the Ukraine and in the UK to help support mm. those institutions and the staff and the students who were there. And they did this with a, a consultancy group called Cormac. Um, and so I think probably nearly every university in the UK uh, has got a twinning arrangement now with the universities there and you do any num- number of things with them from some research you might be doing to trying to bring the students over right you know yeah. bring the staff over just trying to, to keep for some of them some form of normality in a life that has just changed beyond all recognition you know and in different sorts of ways so at Swansea we've got um a partnership with um Petra Mola Black Sea National University 
and we have um and i've i've never been to ukraine uh, myself so i don't you know i don't know about areas around there but it's it's in a quite a, a large sort of region um and i think they've got about sort of half a million people within that region you know and they've um and this is one of the, the main universities they've got there anyway one of the things that so obviously we, won't, we have, you have to go through the usual processes that you do when you're having mm. a partnership with a um, a university and um, and universities UK and Cormac's and others also helped all the universities to do this. Um, but but I do remember initially when we were having the conversation. Naturally, you're talking yourselves then about the capacity you've got yourselves for, you know, how many students can we take? How many students sure. can sure. we support? I mean, most of these students certainly that come, the graduate students might might just be able to come for a semester, you know, it's try, just trying to, you know, mm-hmm. give them something there that they can do. So whatever the university wants, obviously they, the university in Ukraine are the ones that direct it. They are the ones that say, this is not us about us saying we think you want this. It's about what do you want us to do to help you in the situation you're in. And one of the things that certainly this university wanted us to do was to, was to provide the exchange exchanges for students so they could come over, so that their fees are covered, so they've got accommodation, etc., yeah. etc. And so quite naturally, you know, we're thinking about how we can accommodate this and I remember talking to people across several departments about it, some of whom were, uh, let's say, more enthusiastic than others. Um and, and of course, we were then talking about it in the practical sense, you know, so how many students can come, what rooms have we got, how much will this cost, how much money can we put aside to, to do that and, and support that. And it's only really when it hits you, you know, the situation that, that people are in. When we first started talking to them, when we first started sharing things and we could manage to have discussions online and we were having some webinars and they were sending us some pictures of things that had happened and, and we were talking to the students that you just realise the, the absolutely appalling situation that some of them have been in. You know, they sent us a, pictures, for example, of their register. You know, while, while some of us are, some people are complaining that they, they have to park slightly further away from the building that they used to teach in now because there's some work going on. They sent us a picture of their registry building that doesn't exist anymore yeah, because yeah. it was bombed, yeah. you know. And these students then, when they came over and you're talking to them, and the staff that come over with them, and, it, and it's massively emotional. And it, it's, it's, oh gosh, it's good for us in so many ways, actually. It's a real reality check, you know, but yeah. you're, you're talking to people that are in an extreme situation, and anything you can do, any little thing that you can do to try and help facilitate these academic support initiatives, you know, are so greatly yeah. Um, appreciated and, and you know so we're trying to do things obviously that, that will just help in the long run and we've got students with us with us now and one of the students was talking at an event we had uh, this week and she was just an astonishing young woman you know one of the and why shouldn't she be one of the smartest people I've ever met but she was certainly one of the smartest people I've ever met you know uh, always wanted to to um do computer science, as she said herself. I'm an absolute computer science geek. And she was talking about it. She was animated. And she was talking about the challenge she had at one point because she had to leave her home because it was no longer safe to, to live in the environment she was living in. And, you know, she had to move elsewhere um, before uh, moving into another another region. Um, and I think it's that it was just that kind of thing sometimes that 
goodness me, you don't want these kind of things to be happening to, to make you realise what the situations are for people. But, but, but you do lose sight of the individuals, don't you, if you're not careful in all of this. We can sometimes lose that. And actually, even when we're putting our students first, even when we're thinking of outcomes and grades, and have they got a first or have they got a 2-1 yeah. or have they got a 2-2 two, two, or have they, you know, yeah. or did they enjoy this or didn't they? And actually, that, that might, they might not be bothered about that. Sometimes yeah. I think we don't always ask and sometimes we don't put those individuals first. And that just was, I mean, and very often that does happen when I'm talking to to individuals they might have not been through such extreme situations as some of these ukrainian students but they've had other challenges and other things that they've had to deal with in order to come yeah yeah you yeah. know and study or indeed or in order to study where they are yeah um and i'm sure being somewhere like you are as well chris you know in 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 dubai you know a real melting pot for different people coming from lots of different regions and areas you must get that quite a bit too absolutely and, and i it's it's I mean, interesting is, I think, probably the wrong word, but, you know, you're talking obviously about an extreme, an extreme situation. And obviously where I am in my part yes. of the world at the moment, we are experiencing that, you know, proximity as well to, you know, horrific events that are going on. There Absolutely. are affecting many, many people in, in my immediate environment. And yet, I think, you know, the sort of one of the, the last points you made, even on a regular day, in a regular institution, in a regular class, like we don't really know what the student's going through. Um, yeah. And nor do they know what we're going through. Um, and it's yeah. interesting, I, yeah. I think sometimes, because there's that label of, and okay, I'm talking about my, my sense now, if I'm in the classroom, that I have the label of teacher or lecturer or facilitator or whatever I'm called, and they have the label of student. And, you know, therefore, there's that relationship that exists, and, and yet... Most of my students, if not almost all of my students, are, I guess, what in your UK sense would be, you know, very much the minority in the heat of data. They are mature students. They are in full-time employment. They have families. They are, you know, doing effectively the degree in the part-time. And I think back to my PhD, which was hard enough as a full-time student, you know, with us, very lucky to have a studentship. You know, uh, you know, I, I was basically just allowed to concentrate on the fact that I didn't know what I was talking about most of the time. And I look at my students here who are working plus having kids plus, you know, often elderly relatives, et cetera, et cetera, and jobs. And you think it's just it's just insane. Um, and I think it's uh, to even even the extent we call it teaching and learning. It really should be learning through teaching because we tend to start from a point where this is what we're doing and you've got to accept it and or, or absorb it. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. We don't we genuinely don't know. And if we do know, have we asked? And, and I find it always really interesting when we do the student surveys, which, I mean, all universities do. And we ask a student, so on a very sort of basic level, you know, student satisfaction about this particular module. You know, so some of it will be library resources and some of it will be, you know, was the assessment appropriate? And, you know, were you given support by the teacher? It's, you know, the basic type of stuff. And then we write reports and say, well, this is how I will change the course for the next iteration. And you think... Right, that's responsive in nature, but I'm making changes for a future population of students based on a present. Who and the future population of students very well likely have nothing in common, or at least differing expectations from the current one. And so, you know, you're kind of playing this this weird game of of catch up, which I think you can understand. To come back to the beginning, why the focus on you know the the, the basic metrics of income, numbers, you know, graduation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because it's it's a little easier to understand. Well, it's very easy it's to understand. It's easy to control, right? It's and obviously we can't yeah. cater for the the immense diversity in every classroom. I mean, that's that's simply not 
it's not practical or possible. But having a better understanding of, of our students, um, I, I'm sure I've told you this story before. Um, during COVID, um, when we were teaching online, and I would say for the 18 months of online teaching, I maybe had two students on two occasions who put their camera on. So in essence, for you know, 18 months, I'm teaching to black screen where I can see myself on the slides and yeah. the chat and that's, and that's it. And in one class, I'm having a conversation with my students who, who by and large are all teachers um, in primary school and high schools themselves. And we're talking about student engagement and we're talking about technology and teaching. And, and you know, the students are, are complaining. My students are complaining to me that their students don't put their cameras on. And they're saying, oh, it's so hard. Yes. They don't, I can't engage and I can't see that. And I don't, you know, this, and I'm saying, no, no, I, I agree with absolutely everything you've said. But ironically, you understand that, you know, none of you have got your cameras on now. Why is that? And I'm like, well, we don't want to. Like, right. So if yes. those two realities can exist in the same moment, in yeah. the same individual, like that, that greater understanding of learner, you know, learner environment, individuality, that type of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating road to go through when you think, you know, that motivation, why are you here? What do you want to get out of it? And as you say, you expand that up to T&E. And it used to be, it's like, oh, it's access. We assume you're there because for many reasons, you can't go to where the, the home institution would be. I mean, it could be visas or finance or, or just you don't want to. So we assume in a way, well, that's a win, right? You've, you've managed, we've given you access to something you couldn't. So great, that's, that's, a, that's a tick in the, in the box. But their motivation, what they want to do, and, and you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, I mean, so I don't know what the absolute solution is, but certainly we could be doing more uh, in this space, right? Exactly. I mean, I suppose, you know, uh, pragmatically, you know, simply, we, we, we could be looking at different ways in which we measure, yeah. uh, I suppose, our, our satisfaction and, and the outcomes for our students. And indeed, you know, that, of course, it has been done for a long time with our students in terms of employability and yes. areas such as that. But, but again, that, that sort of implies that that's what the student wants to do there and then, and maybe they don't, and maybe they're delighted not to <laughs> do that to, to yeah. begin with, and they actively don't want to, and they actively want to do something else for a year or two before they yeah. go and do that. So we, again, we're presuming, aren't we? But, but, I, but I'm, I'm not saying certainly that, of course, universities don't, and, and academic institutions don't, think about that but it is so complex isn't it in in so many ways and and I suppose just one of the things we are saying is that particularly in the TNE space for the institution that has provided the program and the materials you know I guess what you, you just try and remember that they are people mm -hmm. <laughs> they're individuals and they're not just numbers and and then however you might respond to that, there might be lots of different ways and things that you might do to, to, to respond to that. Um, but but possibly even just remembering it and thinking about it and reminding yourself about it every now and then in itself isn't a bad thing. No, no. You know, at, least, at least remember that. Don't just be thinking of it as, as, a, as a number, any form of number, as a student number, as a financial number, as... You know anything like that? They're trying to remember that there are those individuals there, individuals with stories, stories that will be very different. Just as you were saying, just as we are, yeah. just as just pe people in our next, our colleagues are. You know, everybody's got things that are going on in their lives, 
everybody's got things that they want to achieve. And sometimes, you know, well, in fact, I would go as far as to say, in pretty much every case, they will be different. Yeah. And what is good for some, maybe not good for others, maybe excellent for others. Yeah. You know, so I suppose by therefore its nature, we, we, we sort of simplify it to such an extent that, that we feel as though at least we're going for that middle area of, well, if we do this and we measure this and we, we hear about this, then we're pretty sure that most people are going to be content and are going to got out of it what they need to get out of it. Yeah. But it is, it is just trying to remember, isn't it, that in all of these situations there are people behind all of this. And I, I feel, Chris, we are drifting back to the topic of identity. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Once again, yeah. all roads lead to... Um, but it, but it, it is, isn't it? You know, we've, you might have a generic sort of identity in terms of your, your people, you're studying this programme and you might want to achieve this to do X. Um, but actually then there will be lots and lots of different ways in which you can do things. But I suppose just how we respond to it as individual academics, but also as departments and institutions yeah. um, is something probably we don't always just talk about. I mean, um, I think that's, I think, and I think that's probably an, an excellent point, isn't it? I mean, clearly, as we've said, this is happening everywhere, right? Pe- people are doing, I mean, this podcast effectively began because I heard a presentation by by Catherine Lupton yes. giving a very clear example of how this is being done in multiple partnerships. So, um, but I, I agree, it's 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 not as much part of the narrative, perhaps. And the more it becomes, the more we can learn from other departments and other examples, and the more we can, you know, uh, embed this. Because, as you say, you know, it's not purely altruistic. You know, an institution can look at this and say, well, the more we understand student motivations, the more we understand student satisfaction, the more we can market or brand or cater or support or develop, which therefore enhances the student experience, which theoretically enhances the, you know, the the recruitment model Um, beyond it being a better student experience for for those individuals in the degree or, or course at that at that time. So. Um, yes, I think it's it's just it's nice. It was really refreshing to listen to colleagues talking about practical issues, student focused. Um, and um, mm. you know, my response was not necessarily, "Oh, well, this has never been done." And this, you know, it's more like, "Oh, this is nice to hear that." And it's interesting to learn what people are doing in specific cases because um, um, more of that, I think, yeah, you're right, gives us a, a greater understanding all all round. Um, uh, and that's the thing, we, we do it on a domestic level, right? We, we already have the mechanisms and the frameworks in place. It's, you know, it's, it's then the, the goodwill to sort of roll this out, to then sort of do it exactly. there and understand it in some sort of frame. And as, as we've said, obviously, the partners, wherever they are delivering the programmes themselves, are doing it. But, but, it, but it's also that accountability for those institutions that have provided those programs in the first place, you know, how are we really engaging with that, you know? And um, and I, I suppose it's just having that notion of how we might how we might do that. I mean, one thing maybe finally to to, to touch upon, um, and I, I don't know what the demographic was, was of the, the the people that you were talking to, but I think one thing I know that that, that you and I have, have worked very hard to do. Now, over the years, as we're doing our writing and 
let's say we're doing our webinars and conference presentations, etc., is to involve the students and indeed with our last book, the parents, yeah. in in the process. So instead of presuming that they are thinking this or they are thinking that, uh, asking them, getting them, and again with an awareness that that is it, and that is a set of individuals responses. But I think you know we've we've always found it fascinating, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. The kind of reactions that we've had from the students, be they you know, perspective, current or past, be they undergraduate, postgraduate taught or postgraduate research. Um, and, and again, you know, the, the interactions we have with the parents for the for the last book and talking about with Florence, uh, you know, Michael Barrara about her thoughts and, mm. and the things we probably sort of presumed she might have been thinking as, as her son was thinking about uh, during COVID. Mm going overseas to, to study and, you know, the very different sorts of perspectives she had. You know, you need to actually have the, that individual, those individual voices there as well, don't you? You do. Um, and actually having them front and centre. And I know that we always say as well, because it's absolutely true, certainly whenever the students are involved, you almost just sit back and you, well, you do, you sit back and listen. Yeah. Because they're enormously gifted. Yeah. And, you know, they have such a lot to say and such a lot to tell us. And it's important that we don't just if you, if you hear the student voice, but we listen to it, yeah. actually, as well, on equal terms. And then write it down and we get a chapter in a book. So it's, it's sort of a win-win. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and now, and now we, we know them for life. They know that. We know where they are. Yeah. We, know, we know where they live. But it is that it's very powerful, isn't it, when you are listening to the individuals and indeed themselves, of course, they'll often be saying things and they will have very, very different opinions. Of course they will. Sure. You know, you can't have a student studying um, for political science at Lund University having exactly the same thoughts as a Nigerian student studying construction in Birmingham yeah. to any number of you know everybody's got just just like occasionally you and I Chris don't always agree on absolutely everything <laughs> except the fundamentals um, yeah. like what the best type of ice cream is that kind of thing yeah uh, but you know yeah it's different perspectives isn't it different perspectives help shape what you're doing and you but you need a way to measure some form of what what does success look like everybody asks that don't they so you've got to find a way of doing that and I guess quite naturally then it tends to come down to metrics but I suppose what we're just saying is try not to forget that in all of these situations even with Chris and myself there might be just two of us here mm -hmm. but we're names not numbers yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, you know, huge thanks to to Vangelis and to to Catherine for sort of prompting this this reflection. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been fascinating and obviously ongoing. So um, I guess we we can ask Definitely. the students in the next next book chapter about this as well. Absolutely, and I and I feel that we need to ask Catherine to come and have a talk to us as well about it. About yes, it as well, and and Van Vangelis back again. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, wonderful. Okay, so. That was great. Thanks awesome. very much. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk again next time.